Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Arsene Outback Show! It's Christmas! Yes! God damn it, it's the 25th! Doesn't it feel good? You know, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. God damn! <sighs> Guys, I've been on this planet 31 Christmases. There are people right now who are not able to spend Christmas with their loved ones based on death. It could be incarceration. It could be being on the other side of the planet. It could be whatever it is. You know, and I'm grateful. First and foremost, I'm grateful that my family, regardless of the setbacks, regardless of us being so far apart but still close together because we're blood related, I'm grateful that they're all in good health. I'm grateful for that my mother is still at the age of 61. She's in good health. My grandma at the age of 85 looking better than ever. My beautiful Aunt Abigail out there in New York. She's still doing her thing. My brother, of course, he's still doing his thing. Sister's doing their thing. <laughs> doing their thing. And so, on this day, we must reflect. Not reflect on all, we must reflect on the good. We must reflect on the good times. You know, when I was a goddamn kid, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I actually did one of these podcasts, to be honest with you, on, on the ESL podcast. So I got myself a little bit of wine. You know what I'm saying? I had myself a little bit of wine, a little bit of mooshu. And so when I remember my brother was seven years old. It was about 1995. He walked in. <laughs> he walked in, right? Into the living room. Christmas tree on. My mother is sucking down the milk and eating on a cookie. My brother said, hey, uh, uh, mama, that's Santa's. She said, boy, you better shut your ass up. Get your ass back to bed. Don't tell nobody. (laughs) I didn't know about this until probably 2009. Thanks very fucking much, Stephen Buck. 13, 14 years later, I said, mama, see, that's the spirit. See, that's the beauty of Christmas. That was the beauty of Christmas when I was a child. You know, the buildup. See, for those of you who are in America right now, listen, listen to me closely. Do you know the show Family Matters? Steve Urkel? Do you know, of course, Fresh Prince? One of the greatest shows of all time. Martin. Mariah Carey's singing. This Christmas, I gave you my heart. You know that song. For all of you out there that don't know that song, man, it's time to get on that song. This Christmas. Oh, no, but see, no, no, no. This Christmas, I gave you my heart. Make sure you type that in on YouTube because next thing you know, this Christmas, and Mariah Carey and all these other jingles are going to come up. But no, man, I'm talking about when I was a kid, when I was in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. You don't understand after Thanksgiving happened. I still remember. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be real honest. Oh, I'm going to be real honest on this Christmas. MC Hammer, do you guys know him? He had a song. Oh my god, are you dreaming? I don't know if I don't know if you guys know this song, but I heard this song. Oh, it's one of the most gorgeous songs of all time, and it came on during Christmas. This was the only Christmas that my mother had bought a real tree. Because we normally have freight trees. Hey, you save money. But the smell of that real tree, oh my god, I don't know where they imported the goddamn thing. But it was like Alpine man! That smell! Oh Jesus, it was the smell of Oh, it was the smell of love. It was the smell of bliss. Going to school. Smelling that. Doing the activities. Cutting out the snowflakes. Coloring the Santa Claus. The build-up going up. 
until that week before Christmas. It could have been the 18th of December, 19th, 20, 21st, 22nd. If it was the 20th, that was fantastic because then we have the Christmas party. Oh, people bringing in cakes, people responsible for this, people responsible for that. Man, we probably hold, we probably sucked down about 300 grams worth of motherfucking sugar throughout the day. And you got the secret Santa, you're exchanging things. Remember the last story I gave you guys? It was about two years ago, in 2017. Remember, I was so broke. No, actually, I was just selfish. But my mom... I told her, see, this is for all you new folks, because there's a lot of new folks out here that are listening to this. This is a fucked up story. So listen, I'm 12 years old. There's a secret Santa in my second period class. Mrs. Bryan, I still remember her, the most gorgeous soul I've ever met. She said, we're doing uh, secret Santa. So I went back home and I said, hey, mom, I got to get a present for a friend. She said, check this out. If I get a present for another motherfucker, you're going to lose a present. I said, oh, hell no. I ain't losing a goddamn thing. I said, fuck Thomas. I said, Thomas, sorry. (laughs) I said, Thomas, sorry. Thomas was an immigrant from Mexico. Cool guy. Actually, he's a little bit of an asshole. And I was like, ah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm like, fuck it. So Secret Santa came, and I'm like, I'm over here stressing to my friend Mark. And I'm like, hey, Mark, man, I ain't got no present for Thomas. I said, wrap up one of the movies. He said, man, fuck that. I ain't giving you one of my movies. I said, come on, give me something, goddammit. I ain't got no money. I'm 12 years old. See, your family, okay, your father over here, he a goddamn construction worker. Your mother over here working at the California Hotel where my mama used to work about 10 goddamn years ago. But I need some goddamn money. I need something. He said, I ain't got shit for you. So I went to school with a Bible. Oh, my God. I went to school with one of the free Bibles. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, out there in America, boy, nah, I'm not going to say America, Las Vegas, because my school was right next to a Catholic church. So they would hand out these free orange, green, red, little small booklet Bibles, right? So I go in the second period. I'm like, oh, shit, today's the day, huh? Hold on. Let me get a little sip of this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, see, that's good right there. Now. I walked in class. I was stressed. Anxiety was building up from the morning. I saw Thomas. He said, okay, Mrs. Bryan said. She said, hey, we going hey, listen, today is Secret Santa. Everyone's excited. I'm over here with the Bible. Shit, it's a little bit wrapped up. I said, mom, can you wrap it for me? She said, yeah. She said, good luck. When I left the home, I said, the fuck that be? She said, good luck. She got me a Sega Dreamcast that year, though, so I ain't tripping. My mama did right by me. Shit, if I would have gave Thomas anything more than a Bible, <laughs> no fucking Dreamcast. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I'm horrible. Oh, this is a good one. So, if we go into what was happening, what was happening within me, man, we started exchanging. Thomas, he came to me. He's like, what's up, Arsenio? A Mexican kid. He can't speak all good, you know? He's a, one, he's a cool cat, though. He ain't too cool. Me and him, we almost get in fights all the time. You know, but um, he gave me the president. It was a college shirt. I said, thanks, Thomas. And I said, uh, I said, here you go, man. <laughs> I said, here you go, man. He's over here just unpacking it, you know. Just opening it up. There it was. Orange Bible. It said Jesus. And, ooh, he looked at it. He's laughing. He's like, ah. <laughs> you funny. You joke. Yeah, you joking and shit. And, and, uh, and, you know, my other friend was there with the Mexican dude. And he's telling him in Spanish. He's like, hey, no, no. No say, no say. <laughs> he ain't got nothing for you. So then Thomas sat down. He was like, is he fucking with me? And <laughs> I said, Thomas, I'm sorry. I, I can't get you anything. My mommy got no money. <laughs>
minutes later, Thomas, his face went from being like, he's kidding to this motherfucker for real. And so I go back over there. And he's like, pinchy pendejo. That means like, you fucking asshole in, uh, in Spanish. <laughs> and I'm like, Thomas, for real though, I got you. I'm going to hook you up with a game after Christmas. I'm just trying to get shit together. So Thomas, he wasn't, he was all right. You know, I couldn't have gone to Mrs. Brian. I was too shy to say, Mrs. Brian, listen, my mom said I'm going to lose a present. I ain't that so, you know, I'm selfish as fuck. All right. Can you imagine? You know, now, am I, am I, am I, am I regretful of that moment? It's, it's one of those special, beautiful moments, right? You guys are probably cracking up on the side and saying, you sorry motherfucker. Well, oh shit, a Dreamcast. For those of you that don't know Dreamcast, for those of you who are probably like 25 years old, you probably don't know. And for those of you living outside of America, you sure as hell don't know. So for my beautiful Singaporeans out there, and for some of my motherfucking Koreans out there, yeah, oh, y'all probably know. Maybe. Say her, say her from uh, Japan, so y'all might know. But anyways, y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? I ain't about to lose no Dreamcast for no goddamn Thomas. Hell no. Thomas, you gonna get you a Bible, you go to church. Go get some church in you. Shit. Oh, man, those are one of the greatest, you know, and that's what, I lived a life, we've all lived a life, and guys, life ain't, you know, we go through some shit, but that shit is a story, and that's a story that's going to be told forever, as I just told you this story right now, and so that's why I'm so unbelievably grateful on this moment, 31 Christmases. There are black children out there dying on the streets of Chicago. And they don't even know why. They just die. They drop. Because they're playing in front of a home. And the next thing you know, a drive-by shooting happens. I'm not in those circumstances. I'm not in the South Africa. I'm not in the other countries that are going through war. My folks out there in Afghanistan and Iraq, they listen to me. I don't know what it's like. I don't. I don't. But if you're safe, I'm grateful. For all of you who have family, I'm grateful. For all of you who have food, I'm grateful. For all of you who have water, I'm grateful. And I'm giving you this gratitude. I'm sharing it with you right now. Because there's nothing like not having it. I mean, for those of you who have been without forever, you don't know what having with is. Right? So, I mean, I've been through, I've been through it all out here in Thailand. But if I look at who I was as an individual, as a child, I was a beautiful, innocent soul child. I was a soul child. Who was that music soul child? You guys know him? Oh, hell. For those of you, if you, if you guys do not know who music soul child is, shame on you. Go listen to that brother, man. He's a oh boy. Anyways, that was back in whew, 15 years ago. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I was innocent. And then life happened. 2002, that's when I started experiencing racism in Las Vegas. You know what I mean? White guys shouting nigga outside of a goddamn car as I was riding my scooter on the streets before the LVI competition on Halloween night in 2002. Me approaching. Can you imagine approaching a girl at your school in America and she's gorgeous beyond belief with the Chinese descent? American and your friend goes up to her and says, hey, you see that guy over there? He likes you. She tells him, sorry, I don't like Negroes. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? That's when life hit me. But I didn't let it 
beat me. I kind of just forgot about it. I didn't know what Negro meant, but I knew what was happening to me because, of course, the black blockbuster incident and all the other things that have happened. Two years later, same motherfucking hoe. Yeah, I'm going to call you a hoe. Yeah, I'm sitting in class. I'm over here talking to Daniel. I see her. She sees me. I'm like, I ain't talking to you. Fuck you. You hate Negroes. You don't like Negroes, so fuck you. You know what I'm saying? So hold on. Let me get another sip of this. Boy, we feeling good right now. Mm, 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 mm. Ah, but you know what? See, that's some fine cognac. But anyways, no, you guys are probably like, Arsenio, are you doing this in the morning? No, it's actually the evening. I'm getting ready to go out right now <laughs> to eat me some burger, get me some protein in me, or else it'd be just a terrible evening. And see, it's already, it's like 4 p.m. So by the time 6 p.m. rolls around, I'm all good. I'm sober. You see, I go to sleep. Nothing tomorrow, I'm good. This only happens during the holiday season. All right? So, Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's, I doubt it. Because I ain't got no folks out here. I'm good, I'm good. (sighs) But anyways, let's get back to the story. She's over there sitting in the class. I'm like, you're fine, punk, racist, bitch ass. I'm over here looking at her. I sit down, I say, fuck you. Mr. Banto's class, English, 11th grade. This big guy named Daniel, he came into my class all of a sudden. And he was telling me these stories about this girl. He's like, yeah, man, we went to the movies yesterday. We were making out. She's a bad girl. She has a da-da-da-da-da. I said, God damn. I said, oh, you know she hate black people. He said, for real? He said, yeah, man, she hate black people. So I can't remember. Was that? Because I had him in my Spanish class, Mr. Ostroumov. He's like a Russian guy speaking perfect Spanish. I say, who the fuck are you? So yeah, English, Spanish, and Russian. <laughs> With that name, you definitely motherfucking Russian. I love my Russians, by the way. Um, so all of a sudden, she's just all friendly in that class, Mr. Banto's class. I'm talking to Daniel. She looks at me. I'm talking to him with some intellect. He's like, Arsenio, you got that track beat? I said, man, I got myself a track beat tomorrow. It might be a little bit of hell on earth. She's like, oh, my God, are you a runner? I looked at her. I said, bet you hate Negroes. No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that to her. But I'm just looking at her like, whatever. But what she said before and who she is now was totally different. Guys, that was two years prior. Whatever she was taught by her parents was no longer. Whatever she said on that specific lunch day in 2002, when I had fucking cold sores on my lip because I was so stressed out because I had a presentation within 30 minutes in my health class presenting uh, fucking lungs, a pair of lungs. It was ridiculous. But big shout out to Mark, my childhood friend. He was the one that hooked it up like a motherfucker. That dude, him and Andre, first of all, you guys know Andre because he was on my ESL podcast. I got to bring him back on here as a matter of fact. Oh, shit, that is a really good idea. Oh, my God, you guys might hear Andre real soon. I might have to link up with this guy on here. So, anyways, um, what was it? What was I, what was I just saying? Um, Andre and Mark, they, they wrote, they drew that beautiful pair of lungs for me. You know what made me a little bit angry about that class? Real quick, before I get back into the punk-ass girl that I thought she was so sexy, but she racist as fuck. That... Yeah, that late, uh, who was that? The, 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 the health teacher, Mr. King. You know he got fired. He got fired for saying something sexual. He would say thank you, spank you all the time. And I didn't know what that meant. This guy, this guy was like 6'9", 6'10", skinny as hell though. But he got fired. And I saw him about six years later. I said, Mr. King, 
It was when the UNLV basketball team was 14-2, and and they ended up going on to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA National College Athletic Association basketball tournament out there in America that takes place in mid-March. They went to the Sweet 16 that year for the first time in 60 years. I saw Mr. King just before that happened at Bank of America. I didn't ask him about why he got fired or anything. It's none of my goddamn business. But... He just looked at my poster board. He said, oh, I see, I see. Okay, A+. I said, Mr. King, I understand the A, but at least do a little bit more. That's fucked up. You know how much I had to invest a full Sunday into that, Mr. King. I got the A+. I need you to acknowledge it a little bit more. But I was a child, but I was just like, hold on. So I drew all that just for that response? I got the grade. The grade was worth everything. But come on, Mr. King, at least say something else. God damn, that was, uh, that's what I realized. Hey, man, if I put a lot of time into something, I don't want just a grade. I want more admiration. See, now let's get back into the uh, the, the little Chinese girl, whatever she was. I don't know what she was. Taiwanese or Chinese? Couldn't have been Japanese. No way. Uh, Korean, possibly. (laughs) Based on her comments. But anyways, let's focus. You know what, man? She had a change of heart. And I forgave her. See, I was a child. I was 16, 17 years old. And when I was that age, I was still kind of like a little bit, I like to say topsy-turvy a lot. I was still welcoming. You know what I mean? Because her mindset at that time, it was it wasn't no good. It wasn't no good. That's what us black folks out there in America say. It wasn't no good. He ain't no good. He ain't no good. She ain't no good. It wasn't. And the way she looked at life, it wasn't based on what her perception was. It was based on what her parents' perception was. But two years later, she was all nice. I can't remember her from here on out. I don't know what ended up happening to her, but I think that class was the last time I saw her. But hey, I hope she went on to bigger and greater things. But guys, what I'm trying to teach you here is you could change. At any given moment, she had her awakening within a two-year period in some of the most critical moments and critical age of her life. She went from saying Negro to accepting a Negro. Although I'm not a Negro, I'm Cappuccino. But you know what I mean? Your limiting beliefs about whatever specific group, color, creed, whatever you want to call it, religion, it can all be done away. It happened to me in Nakhon Si Tamarat, South of Thailand. Sitting across from a Muslim Thai woman. I was like, I ain't going to talk to her. I ain't going to talk to her. You know why? Because my perception of what Muslims are is what, what the fuck happened in 2001 and all this bullshit that the American media told me that I need to believe. And so I'm going to believe it. The next you know, I talked to her. I said, you are the most amazing Thai woman I've ever met in my life. And you a Muslim. I realized that I need to be untaught everything. I'm unlearning everything that the Americans have taught me. And then that was the end. I knew... That I'm fully in control of my thoughts, my choices, and my actions. And you are too. And so I say on this Christmas, 365 days prior. Who knows what I said prior to this. But I'm telling you guys right now, who were you 365 days ago? So you know who I was 19 years ago? I don't know how many days is that. 365 times 19. Y'all do the math. Y'all do the math. Go ahead. That's about 6,000 6, days. I could be wrong. 
But it's somewhere around 6,000 days, give or take probably at two, 300. I was a little bit selfish at the age of 12, doing Thomas dirty with the Bible. But that Bible could have set him free. It didn't set me free, but it set him free, maybe. I don't know. I hope he went on to beautiful things. I hope he went on to learn English. And I hope he went on to help his parents because he was an immigrant child. Thank you, Thomas. Big shout out to Thomas. Big shout out to everyone out there. We've learned a lot. I've learned so many things living out here in Thailand. Some of the greatest moments during those Christmas moments and that build up. You know, Christmas, I'm going to give you the last story. I'm going to let you guys go. That Christmas, boy, it was a tough one. Australia. I stayed in my room all day. I didn't want anything. There was no grab food. There was no, I can't order food. I can't do any of that craziness. But the day after, I said, I'm going to celebrate Christmas on America's Christmas. I'm not doing Australia's Christmas because, of course, Australia's about 18 hours ahead. So that 26, I got my iPad. I went out there to Manly Beach in Sydney, Australia. All these Europeans crossing by behind me, and they're all looking at my video. Like, I really get, boy, I gave a fuck about what people thought about me back then. Boy, if I was on that beach right now, I'd be out there like, damn, mama, what the hell is going on up in there? You know what, I, you know what I'm saying? But I gave a fuck about what the people were thinking behind me. But I saw my uncle. He was talking about those New York football giants, and they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. My mom was in good health. They were talking bullshit. They were happy. I was close to my family back then. Am I still close to they know? But I can, you can never take away those memories. And that's what I'm grateful for because I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had with those people. It's a beautiful moment, man. It's a beautiful moment to be alive. And I just can't be grateful enough for everyone out there who listens to me. The passion project is what I'm calling it. You know, I heard this on the Pat Flynn's podcast just recently. He's talking about, you know, some of you, you guys want to create a podcast because, hey, you know, maybe it's a passion project. I say, hell yeah, I like that right there. I like that because that's what this, the Arsenio Buck show is about. It's a passion project. It ain't nothing else. It's me explaining my life. And I'm grateful for you guys because you guys still follow me up until this day. And you guys will probably say, God damn, this had to be the craziest, fieriest, funniest podcast I've ever heard. And I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. And I'm just grateful that you guys are listening. I'm grateful that you guys are in good health. I'm grateful that you guys have the technology to hear me. I'm grateful that you guys listen to me to the end of this podcast. I'm grateful that you guys have been listening to me for X amount of days, weeks, months, years, whatever it may be. Because you guys are the oxygen of this. You guys are what made me begin this because I know that there are other people out there who are suffering from the same things or were suffering or are currently suffering and want to get better. That's what this podcast is about. The Arsenio Buck Show. Who would have ever imagined? From the Thomas days, from the cookie and and milk day, from all those days, from the Manly Beach days. From the days here in Thailand, from a year prior to this, being and sitting in that piano bar with Anna. Hey, we shared those experiences. Anna and I, we no longer talk to each other. That's fine. That's fine. But she's in good health, and I'm grateful for that. Everyone who I've come across in my lifetime, regardless, good or bad, I'm grateful for all of you. And I hope you guys are in good health going after the things that you want to go for, go out for in your life. See, that's gratitude. So, guys, whoever you're around today, please embrace them, love them, care for them, be grateful for them, 
And don't ever take anything for granted. I'm your host as always. Thanks for tuning in. Over and out.